Welcome to this week's edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I'm Mike Hammett, along with the rest of the boys, and um, we've got all kinds of stuff to tell you about. We'll get to that shortly, but Del Scanlon, what's this? I hear you brought a guest this week. Well, we're lucky enough to have Mark Thorne, the head coach for the Onalaska Hilltoppers girls hockey team, and also the Wisconsin Girls Hockey Coaches Association president. And with that, thank you for joining us this evening, Mark. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be with you. So, Mark, let's jump right in and see. Biggest difference you're seeing this starting this season compared to last? We're playing. And we're playing in front of an audience. That's the biggest difference. And, um, you know, joking aside, it is nice to be back in the arenas and seeing people in the stands and seeing the kids having some fun. As a coach and seeing how the kids react to the fans being in the stands, do you see more energy from the players on the ice? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the, the players feed off the crowd and the crowd feeds off the energy that the players have out there. And it is, it is fun and exciting to be having everybody back together. I apologize. I'm in my office at the rink. So if you hear some strange noises, it's right next to the <laughs> locker room. So um, we, we were scheduled with a late night practice tonight. And, you know, that's a key example right there. We have the opportunity to use our locker rooms where last year it was 15 minutes in the rink and 15 minutes afterwards. Now we get more time to do some instruction and teaching the kids more time to really get to know them and build the team culture. And, you know, I think that's what a lot of the programs have experienced. And, and so I would think that that would lead to the camaraderie among the team being better too. Well, you know, I think, in fact, it's interesting you mentioned that we had our leadership meeting tonight and they were talking about team bonding exercises because, you know, you got a whole new class of people coming in and that remember what it was like two years ago. Uh, the, the class last year didn't have as much. This class has no idea. So, you know, how do you build that team culture uh, when you do have more time together? And I think that's a learn as you go. And I don't think that's something the coaches teach as much as the players bring together themselves. Uh, I, one thing I've noticed this year is looking at the coaches list, you have a lot of new coaches this year. Yeah, we have, um, I want to believe we have about 12 new coaches, a little, little more than 40% of new coaching staff at all the girls programs. And at the beginning of the year, we held a informational meeting and we talked about what are some of the responsibilities that those coaches have. And, you know, for me, one of the big things is, is to participate with Wisconsin Prep Hockey, get your scores in, score live if you can, or if not, within you know, 24 hours, get that score sheet up there. It's just, you know, people are interested all across the state. They want to know who the good players are and how the teams are doing. And, you know, we really emphasize that in our meetings. Uh, we also emphasize the role that the WIA has and the responsibility that they have to uh, rate the officials 24 hours after a game and, you know, make sure that we're getting the quality of officiating down at the state, at the playoff level and at the state tournament. I you brought up the WIAA. That lets us segue into uh, the change there. Uh, 
have you what uh, con conversations have you had with uh, Lamar, the new person in charge of hockey? Well, I've actually had uh, several conversations with Lamar, and you know, uh, believe it or not, Lamar and I come from pretty close backgrounds. I grew up in Milwaukee. He was over by Shorewood, so we had a little bit in common there. Um, you know, he's new to the hockey environment, and so I think he's going to take a, you know, let's learn and feel out the process, see what's working and what isn't. I, I know Tom Shafransky is still going to help guide him in some areas in and around that, but he's going to be looking for how he can improve the game. And that can be anything from the rules to um, the playoffs themselves. You know, how do we do that? You know, um, the biggest thing that he committed to me anyways was uh, communication, where in the past it seems like the WIA and the Coaches Association were always operating on separate wavelengths. And, you know, he committed that he wants to be part of that. And he actually sat down with it for an interview with Dan Bauer, who was on our board. And, you know, Dan wrote a nice article for the coaches based on the questions that we were asked. So he was very open and forthcoming with his answers. And I think that was a great first step in helping provide the lines of communication. So, um, one of the other things that I've noticed this year is the sectional uh, have changed a little bit with the, where the teams have been located. And you've actually been moved over to sectional two is one of the calls, but basically it was what, what was sectional one last year or in yeah. the previous years? Yeah, I wonder who I pissed off in order to make that happen. But, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I say that jokingly because I also understand the role and the responsibility of having a 2018 tournament in being able to make sure that, um, you know, distance is a, an appropriate thing. And, you know, in the past, we were always part of section three, which covered all the way from Rock County all the way up here, which is three hours. And, you know, it, it's one of those areas that I got it. I understood why they did it. And, you know, you roll with it. And it, what, I, what I've really enjoyed in looking at the new section that we're going to be in is that this section beats each other up pretty darn good all the way through the regular season. And usually they're very well playoff prepared. So that's the approach that we're taking going into this. We got our first uh, sectional game tomorrow night against the Chippewa Falls Sabres, and we're looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to let the, open this up and see if uh, William or Burglar got some questions, or even MJ. I like what you said about getting those scores in. Well, you know, it, it is important because, you know, when you're sitting on a bus ride, I, I like to look at what the scores are, how people are doing. Right. And, you know, it, it's a great way for uh, coaches to do some scouting. You don't get the necessarily the game film or, you know, now live barns available and everything, but, you know, stats can help paint a pretty good picture. So I just think it's appropriate that we take that responsibility seriously. And, you know, I know Del, you helped put my stuff together um, with the team and the scheduling, and we extended that offer to the players. And I think everybody's got their schedules up and running. Yeah, the um, schedules are in pretty pretty good. I've had a couple uh, coaches that were, had reached out a little bit late, but you know, as well, we're anybody on the staff is willing to help in 
anybody with any of their questions that they, they have with it. But another question that I, I wanted to get your viewpoint on, Mark, as a coach, and this is kind of for the fans out there, they see the score box and they see what offensive players are doing on the ice. But the part that gets neglected is a defensive, a defensive player out there. Um, go, can you kind of give us an idea as to what a coach is looking for with his defensive players? Well, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, from a defensive point of view, you know, the defense that are going to be the ones that are going to be recognizable are those that are offensive minded. They're the ones that are going to score points. But, you know, for myself and what I look for, the defensive players are, you know, really not only the effort, but what are they doing to create havoc, disrupt things, you know, and last week I, I, I nominated Kaya and part of it was, it wasn't the stats that she demonstrated in the uh, game against the storm. It was the defensive presence of how she was able to help hold down their scores. So I think that's the other side of it is that if you know, you're going up against a team that, you know, is putting up five, six, seven goals a night and you hold them to two or three, you better be pretty proud of your defense that they did a good job and not just the goalie. I mean, the goalie is a big part of it. And, as a goalie, we like that recognition, but your defensive players did their job as well. Well, I'm sure as a coach that you would prefer to see your goalie only face maybe 15 shots a game where your um, other players are blocking those shots and, and making it go wide and limiting the shots on the goalie. Yeah, and that's correct. You know, that's one of the stats that I know we personally keep as the uh, we have a list of 10 different objectives that if we score in the positive side of seven or more, we got about an 80% chance of winning. And it, a lot of it comes down to block shots on defense uh, and then not allowing scoring in the first minute of the period or the last minute of the period. Uh, well, I can tell you, I, go ahead. MJ. Boy, Mark, I can tell you that watching hockey at all levels, but especially at the high school level, maybe a little bit at the junior level, is when you see the kids that they come out to like block a shot, you got the guy with their or girl with their head down to shoot that puck. They're not even looking at what they're shooting at. How many times you've seen it go off that defender and, you know, races on the other way. Yeah, it, it certainly does. And in fact, we've talked on our bench that anytime that one of our players blocks a shot, all the team should be standing up cheering because you want that kind of enthusiasm that, it is just as important to block the shot as to sometimes score. And block shots are a great reason not to put forwards on the blue line on the power play. Yeah, the forward on the blue line on a power play is going to shoot it into some shin pads. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of times the kids just want to get the shot off and they, they're not even have their head up to look and see that you know, there's somebody about two feet from them and there's absolutely no angle to go at. Well, and I, I think some of that is that that's the way they've been taught. You know, if you're a defensive player in the zone and you, you're coming off the wall, you're automatically thinking, boy, if I shoot this, I'm going to have a chance to score. But what, what they're not seeing is that there's not only a forward, a defender and a goalie that's all staring right at them that can block that. So, you know, that's the big thing that, we're trying to stress is 
having your head up, look for where that open man is and that where that open lane is. And if you don't have it, don't take the shot. Bad things can happen. Yep. Uh, if nobody else has any more questions, um, I'll go ahead and thank Mark for joining us this evening. Uh, you're welcome to stick around if you want, Mark. I'm sure you got some other things you need to get done yet to, this evening. And thanks for taking the time and coming online with us. Thank you, guys. Uh, I do. We actually have practice till nine o'clock. Like I said, uh, every third Monday, we're the late practice. So we have practice going on right now in preparation for our game tomorrow. And I just wanted to say thank you to all you guys for what you do. And at times, it may not seem like you're, you know, you get the appreciation that you do. But if I can do anything with the Girls Coaches Association, just reach out and let me know, okay? Okay. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Mark Thorne joining us tonight. We need, we need to sponsor a guest, our guest segment of the program. Are you saying that someone needs to sponsor us having a guest? Yeah, why not? So they've like put like it's the Radisson of Madison, Fitchburg, Wisconsin prep hockey guest, guest of, of the week. week. Either that or go national with it. You know, have flow from progressive bring the guests on or something. You know who would be a great sponsor if you're listening? The Wisconsin Tourism Board. We'll pick our game of the week and you tell us what's going on in that area and we'll talk all about it. <laughs> That's a good point. All right. Moving on. Let us not digress. All right. Uh, we've got other things we're going to talk about. Um, I believe we're going to talk about games of the week next as I've kind of lost my spot here. Yes, we are. Okay. Well, we did have games of the week. and uh, Well, we had one. We had one. Oh, that's right. The other one. The weather took care of it. The weather took care of it. Right. Okay. Uh, games of the week. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes it rains. Very good. Okay, well, what did you guys have for the games of the week? Uh, Burglar and I made another trip down to Stevens Point two weeks in a row. I can't say I've ever gone to Stevens Point two weeks in a row on purpose before. Um, this time we checked out the Tomahawk Hatchets and the uh, Stevens Point Pacelli Co-op. Um, in, in the four games we've seen this season, that was probably the best game of hockey we've seen. Um, that was it, was, it was actually really, really fun uh, out of two teams that most people probably wouldn't have expected, but uh, evenly matched, really good game. Uh, no scoring in the first period. Uh, Tomahawk did uh, outshoot uh, Pacelli 10 to 5 in that first period, but it didn't really feel that way. It didn't feel like they doubled them up on shots. It was, it was really close, and both teams had some good scoring chances but weren't able to capitalize. But uh, Tomahawk finally cracked the board 48 seconds into the second period. Uh, Zach Frisky. Um, picked up their first goal and then it stayed one to nothing really tight. A lot of back and forth, forth action, but it was really tight uh, for the next eight minutes. And then all hell broke loose. Um, Pacelli picked up three goals in the span of two and a half minutes. Um, just like bang, bang, bang. Um, the first goal at eight thirty-eight by Balin. I can't pronounce that last name. I'm not even going to try. And then at 11.02 and 11.11, 11, 
Uh, Mason Zielinski scored uh, two goals, both of them right off of faceoffs. Uh, he scored off a faceoff in the offensive zone, and then on the ensuing faceoff at center ice, he picked up the puck, raced down the other end, and scored again to put Pacelli up 3 nothing. But it didn't stay that way long. Uh, by two and a half minutes after that, Tomahawk had tied it back up. Um, everybody was just flying around the ice, um, despite the fact that uh, neither team was particularly big. Their hits were flying. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, Pacelli took the lead just um, about two minutes left in the period. Uh, Tomahawk tied it up with about halfway through the third, and it went to overtime where uh, Zielinski was able to, to cap off the hat trick for the winner. Uh, that was that was a really fun game. I think that's the kind of game that people think of um, when they think of that romantic notion of Division Two hockey, like small school hockey. This isn't this isn't Hudson or Notre Dame Academy or Eau Claire Memorial. You know, one of those those teams that are like three lines deep and you know all that. Were like this. These were these were two good hard playing small school teams that played the best game I've seen this year. Um, it was, it was really fun to watch. Yeah. A couple of, couple of observations that game um, didn't realize that Tomahawk uh, was not part of the Northern edge girls co-op um, that has most of the rest of the Northern schools in it. Uh, Tomahawk three, their, their three girl hockey players are, are on this team. Um, and one of them uh, was, you know, starting de- de- defense defenseman. Yeah, Scout um, Stromberg is on their first D pair. Yeah, Scout. Uh, I'm sure she has a brother named Jem, and her dad's probably Atticus. Um, but uh, she 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 played well. Um, co- the the coach uh, pointed out that she has very high uh, hockey IQ, moves the puck well. Um, and whatever the coach said in during the first intermission um to the tomahawk players uh, they came out to start the second period like their hair was on fire i mean they were just they were just all over the ice um they, they put 23 shots on in that second period and a lot of it was just like a shot and then three rebounds because they were all just buzzing the net um it was very yeah a very very entertaining game um uh, like you said two evenly matched teams playing hard uh, with enthusiasm and just, yeah, a very entertaining game. Yeah. Tomahawk did not look like a team that won, I think a combined one game over the last two seasons. Um, and I mean, they opened their, they matched that total this year, their first game of the season, they beat East Merrill eight to one, but yeah, over the last two seasons, they had won one game. Um, I believe, um, they did not look like a team that did that. I mean, obviously if they were playing against, you know, some of the other teams in the state, it wouldn't have gone that way, but that was a, that was a, that was a damn good hockey game. All right. Well, let's see what else we got here. We got the Wyndham garden, Madison Fitchburg players of the week and Dell. Um, it's your turn this week to uh, hand out the honors who are boys and girls players of the week. Hey, our player of the week had 26 saves and a 5-4 to four win over Bayport. On Friday, he had 31 saves and a one to nothing win over Arrowhead. And then on Saturday, he had 15 saves and a 4 to nothing win over Fond du Lac. And our 
Wyndham Garden Madison Fishburne Player of the Weeks for the boys is Lincoln Simons, the goaltender for Ash Wabanon. And with that, we'll move down to the girls' player of the week. On Monday, she had four goals and a 6-1 to one win over the Badger Lightning. And then on Friday, she had one goal that was a shorthanded goal and a 2 to nothing win over Rock County. And our girls' player of the week is Keegan Sanderfoot, a forward from the Cap City Cougars. And those are our Wyndham Garden Madison Fitchburg players of the week. And with that, I'll toss it over to William for the top sixes. Sure thing. Um, surprising nobody, Hudson is number one on the boys' D1 again, although they were not unanimous this week. Uh, Notre Dame moves up one spot to second. Nina drops one spot to third. Eau Claire Memorial is fourth. Madison Edgewood is fifth. And Verona is sixth. Uh, Division two, Oregon moves up one spot into the number one spot this week. Uh, St. Mary Springs drops down one to second. Amory moves up two spots to third. New Richmond was not ranked last week. They move into the fourth spot. Homestead drops one to the fifth spot. And Rice Lake drops three to the sixth spot. Uh, St. Mary Springs actually had more first place votes than Oregon did, uh, but Oregon had the higher overall point total. Uh, the girls, same six teams as last week, uh, different order. Metro Lynx are still number one. Bay Area moves up one to two. Central Wisconsin drops one to three. Western Wisconsin moves up one to four. Fox Cities drops one to five, and Hudson is still sixth. So not a lot of movement. One new team in the rankings this week. Uh, New Richmond moved in. Uh, they were they got votes last week, but they weren't actually in. Well, that means tomorrow night up there at Green Heck Arena, you'll have the on the girls' side the number two Bay Area Ice Bears taking on the Central Wisconsin Storm. And unfortunately, that won't be our game of the week because we just did the Storm at the game of the week here a couple weeks ago. Yeah, they were our first game of the week of the season. And we try to spread them up, spread that around until we get different teams in there. Um, what do you see in the D2? You know, I, I mean, we should see Oregon moved up and New Richmond moved in from being unranked. Um, at Homestead, their they're, um, standings right now are looking pretty good. I think all those teams look pretty good right now. Um, Oregon, obviously, they score I mean, a lot. We've been, we've been given we've been given MJ crap about this all week, but uh, they were down seven to two <coughs> to Janesville earlier in the week, and they came back and won that game nine eight, and they won it with one second left on the clock. Like, I mean, just to come back from down seven two is is something, but then to just win it with one second left on the clock. That's amazing. Junior, let me tell you something. I watched that second period of that whole game. I watched that whole second period, and you could just see the whole tide of the game changing. You could see all of a sudden 7-3. Well, they got a little jump on their skates, 7-4. They never quit. And next thing you knew, at the end of two periods, it was 7-5. to five. It's like, you know what? We still got still got quite a game here. And... You know, give them credit. They came back and they won and, you know, one second left and was, I guess it was when they, a guy got sprung out of the, uh, out of the penalty box. He was able to go in and score. So 
you know, people I've talked to said it was a wild and crazy game. It was a great game to be at, but you know, wow. I mean, nine to eight, we're expecting baseball scores like that. But, but you know what? To Janesville's credit, after you lose a heartbreaker like that, you know, one that you, you had that lead to come back later in the week and, and uh, top uh, Sun Prairie the way they did, you got to give the team a lot of credit for, you know, being able to, you know, come back like that. Because you know, that could really harm a team at times. I'll tell you what, I was at that game and Sun Prairie took it to him in the first period, but somehow Janesville came out with a lead after one. It was like two to one, but it was a, it was a really good game. Again, Sun Prairie in typical Sun Prairie style, they just bring it every shift they're out there and they're just flying around the ice and, you know, trying to uh, get scoring opportunities or playing defense, whatever they need to do at the time. But Sun Prairie is very workmanlike and, uh, they played a good game, a good conference road game. Uh, they just came up a little bit short. But, guys, speaking of speaking of road games, I was looking up here. I just got on the page of Verona, the Verona Wildcats. We see them sitting at number six. But we've also seen Wanakee light up the scoreboard this year. And those two teams are going to meet next Tuesday. Um, let me get here to Wanakee's page. Wanakee is five and one and uh, you know, they're going to have Milton tonight. Well, they're going to be heavy favorites in that, but uh, this is a team that scores a lot of goals. And um, let's see. McCarthy reads their leading score. Their scorers. They got Reed Reddig and Emrich 21, 20 and 18. I mean, those guys put up some points. So maybe this is a team that we, you know, we keep an eye on because uh, only one points in six team games is fairly impressive. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to find here it is who all they've played. Here we go. Uh, beat Middleton four to three. Lost to Fond du Lac six to five. Beat U School four to two. Beat DeForest ten nothing. Beaver Dam ten one, and uh, beat Stoughton ten nothing. Not the strongest of the last three, but. You know, you still got to put up goals. And uh, let's see, that's 30, 34, uh, 39. That's 43 goals, yeah, in a one, two, three, four, five, six games. You're going to win some games when you're scoring that many goals. Um, they got Milton and McFarland this week, but uh, next Tuesday night is – is that next Tuesday night? Yes, they are home against Verona. And uh, that's two teams that uh, – that should be a pretty good game. Yes. Just throwing it out there. So we know where MJ is going to be next Tuesday. Home in bed. <laughs> I go back to work next week. I got to start earning a living again. Um, what do we got for upcoming games of the week? On Thursday, I'll be making a trip down to the Madison Ice Arena. To see the Rock County Fury take on the Metro Lynx and uh, battle for in the Badger Conference. And then on Saturday for the boys' side, Amory against Lakeland. Yep. Yeah, a couple of unbeaten teams right now. Anyway, I mean something could happen between now and then, but uh, uh, Amory is in our. 
top six at number three in, in Division Two. Uh, Lakeland has been kind of in and out of the top six the last couple of seasons, and they're unbeaten so far this year. So uh, it could be a good game. You know what? You know what I like about Amory is they're always promoting their team. I mean, they they got Twitter. I mean, they hit up Twitter all the time. They're out there promoting their team constantly. What their team is doing, it's great to see. I I've noticed it, and you know, it's a way to be able to keep up on the team. So hats off yeah. to Amory for doing I that. I was just on on Twitter trying to find updates for Oregon and Edgewood, who are playing right now, um, and I don't have a live tweet account for either of those teams but like if i want to know what amory's doing it's always going to be out there yep yep all it takes is like a student manager or somebody i mean even when janesville plays you know bluebird puck is up and uh you know it's a one way to get uh get updates on what's going on in the game but that's a good one tonight going on edgewood and oregon i mean you're looking at two edgewood skaters menzel and uh is it wybush or Weebush? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, those two guys, you know, can put up a lot of points as well. And uh, Oregon just is that top line just fills the net constantly. So they're playing at Laban right now. And I, I, I agree with you, Junior. I'd lo- love to know what's going on in that game right now. Um, speaking of past games, though, on Thursday last week, uh, Northland Pines and Tomahawk were scheduled. Does anybody know if that game was played? I see on our thing, it just it still has a game time that nothing's been entered for. Usually, Northland Pines is good about you know their Twitter account and keeping that stuff up to date. But I I look for it. it might have been canceled. I look for it too, Dell. I couldn't find it. And so, and and, you know, that's the one thing. If you happen to see that your team score, it doesn't isn't posted. After 24 hours, and if you know the score, um, if you got a Twitter account, go ahead and shoot, shoot us a score information, and we can at least get a quick score up, even if we don't have the stats. We can always get in a little bit later. That Just game so was postponed. Result. That game was postponed? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's why we're not finding anything. It was postponed. But I had somebody talk to me uh, last week about uh, box scores that we have after games, you know, you have teams have 24 hours to, to uh, load it. The home team does. And then after that, the visiting team can, I have teams saying that a person told me that scouts go look at that box score. And if you got players that may be on somebody's radar, you may, uh, that's something that people may want to do is get that, get the uh, live scoring, either live stored or get it up on the, site that night because there is people that are looking for players for the next level and they want to know what they're doing. So, you know, can promote our kids and do that, but you know, it's going to take a little work. There we go. Uh, Any thoughts going in? Any holiday tournaments coming up? that we need to get information for. If you have a holiday tournament, please send us the bracket and the schedule. You figure we're only two weeks away from hitting that, that holiday tournament time. It's, it's nice that we can look at the schedule and see that you're playing against TBD, 
but it'd be even nicer if you sent us the bracket beforehand. DBD has never won or lost, have they? I'm sure that it, somewhere over the last 10 years, TBD is down for a win or a loss. <laughs> I'm sure somebody has scored a game against TBD. <laughs> Especially when you, when you talk about those, you know, who you're going to play or even, you know, especially if you got the times that's that always helps even just the times just having a tournament bracket does like half the work for us yep okay uh guys you got anything else you want to comment about i didn't get any good tournament stories from like youth hockey tournaments well that's because most people um don't turn the show off after they get the uh, top they don't want to incriminate themselves All the good stories, you know, they don't want to say out loud because then people will know them. Like, sure, the other five parents who are in the room with me know that I did that, but they don't, nobody else needs to know. That's the kind of stories nobody wants to tell. Um, I do want to send a thank you out to Andrea Chaffee from the Culver's Cup High School Tournament, offering to make sure that the scores and stuff get sent to us uh, from the tournament this upcoming holiday season. Does she uh does she run MIA and the uh, Hartmeyer and them? MJ, you're asking the wrong person. Here. Oh no, I'm not. Come on, you know that. I think she does. I'm lucky to know what I'm running, and that's what I'm driving down the road. <laughs> All right, guys. It's Monday night, and everybody looks like they're about ready to go to bed. Anybody got anything else they want to say? Nope. 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 Dell, you done? Dell's going for the Duck Dynasty look tonight, he told me. I think he he's pretty, he well, pretty successful you, in it. I, I got my win on Saturday where maybe beat Army. Got a text from the oldest saying that he should be home from being deployed in about a month. So things went, went good this weekend. Good weekend, no doubt. All right, for the boys, I'm Mike Hammett. Next week, we'll be right back here, same time, same channel, and uh, hopefully you'll be along with us. So for the guys, you've been listening to This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.